Merry Newmas and a Happy New Christ. Sorry. Happy Yermas and a Merry Christ. Happy Holidays. Here to see you into the festive season is the usual cast. So Alex, Paula and I are going to be telling you all about the things that we've played, beaten and retired. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about our Christmas gaming memories. And um, we've also got a question from the forum uh, about upcoming innovations in gaming. And we'll tie a bow on this little Christmas gift with a game we like to call How, How Long, Long to, to Be, be the, game. the Game. So off. Fix it, Pam. <laughs> yeah. That's, we're getting worse from week to week. Yeah, one day we'll get there, right? We'll get there someday. <laughs> but on a positive note, despite a three-day turnaround, because somebody, <clears throat> Paula, went and had a medical emergency, so inconsiderate. <laughs> <laughs> we have all somehow managed to get a completion in there between the last recording. Uh, so why don't you kick us off, Paula, and tell us what your completion was. Um, thank you, Rick. Dripping <laughs> in sarcasm. <laughs> Me? Never. <laughs> okay, so last night I finished Night in the Woods. And this is actually like the game of the month. I think I said it like three days ago. I don't know. Yeah, but it was it was an experience. I'm still like trying to process it all because like so much stuff happens in the game that is like what's the word I'm looking for? Um, very very like you are on something. Oh, like kind of surreal? Yeah, it, some of it is kind of surreal. Mm. Trippy, then, is that what you mean? Trippy, that's mm. the word I was looking there for. There you go. Yep. Mm, gotcha. And in the end, I wasn't really expecting uh, uh, this particular game to tackle, like, real shit, like... Um, so I'm still, like, trying to process it all um mm. for the maybe discussion at the end of the month if we're doing that yeah i'm gonna try to beat it this week <laughs> uh so no pressure like, don't worry uh, mm-hmm. yeah or depending on which leaks are or aren't accurate they might be giving it away in a few days if they do i will play it if they don't i probably won't Oh, right. It's like giving the game away. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the yeah. epic freebies, I think. Um, but I, I don't own it. And it looks interesting, but not enough for me to spend more money I don't have on a game that I probably won't get around to playing. That's so. fair. The backlog is real. <laughs> yeah, it, it do be like that. Um, but would, yeah. you, would you say it's worth, Paula, like me finishing it up? Like, I know because I sort of just petered off on it, but... Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious on on what are your thoughts on the game because like, I don't think any two playthroughs are the same. Mm, okay. You know, it's interesting because I retired that game, but I actually remember quite a bit of the story of it. Like, which is probably a good sign. Like, I retired that game almost like well over a year ago, I think. And yet, when I think about it, I still go like, oh yeah, I remember. Like, I remember the town. I remember the friends. I remember the, what was happening. So I'm like. It's probably a good sign that it's a pretty good game if it's like sticks that well in my in my mind at least. What was the deal then? Did you just bounce off it, or did life stuff happen? Or I think it was a bit of all of that because it, it wasn't really. It, it's sort of like you know when, when I stopped playing The World Ends with You, how it was like it wasn't because that game was bad or anything. It was just like 
you know, sometimes your interest just sort of wanes or you hit a moment in the game where it's like a little bit of a lull and you just sort of like fizzle out. I think that's what happened with Night in the Woods. I hit a part of the game where you have to do some like platformy stuff and it was just not great. And I think I was kind of like, eh, I don't really want to push through this. I think it's the trippy stuff that you might be talking about, Paula. Uh, and yep. I was just like, yeah, I'm sort of like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't really feel a drive to push through it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else on that one, Paula? Uh, no, probably. <laughs> nice. Probably I put some thoughts in the forums when I actually find my my thoughts about the game. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay, well then. Yeah, but it was really like, it was it wasn't like a masterpiece or anything, but it was mm-hmm. good. Cool. I might prioritize that then this week just to get that get that in there. Nice. Um, why don't I pop off? Because I played a game that you recommended last week. Um, I played Yay! Florence and beat it yesterday. <laughs> um, it was on sale on the eShop. Um, and it was like only a really a few cents cheaper than the iOS version on sale. But I was like, whatever. It's really nice to play on the Switch because, you know, it's it's got all it's all touchscreen and it's they've adapted it really beautifully to the Switch's um, screen. Like sometimes. Right yeah. Right. Sometimes those phone games that were like originally on, on on a phone when they transport it over, it doesn't work really nice. But this one actually like they clearly remade it to work on the Switch. Um, so it was really, really beautiful. And it's just it's a really sweet um nice little game right it's not it's not overly in, it's not intense really it's 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 an experience that almost all of us go through at some point or or something similar to it right and um and i think it was just it was just really well done like it was it did not overstay its welcome it's extremely short i probably beat it <laughs> my my switch like i use the parental controls to track my time it said i beat it in 25 minutes i think it was a little bit longer than that i put it at like 35 it's pretty short um but Best. it can be longer if you spend more time looking at everything because it's it's beautiful like it's hand it looks like a hand-drawn animation and stuff like that's what it looks like i'm sure it's digital but it's it's beautiful um and uh there's not really gameplay per se there is sort of um like but the mechanics that they create, they all have like an impact on the story. So there's one example that I thought was really neat where they have you when you like you're you're going on like a first date and there's speech bubbles, right? You don't see any text. There's no speech like like Paula mentioned. But you have to like drag um these little puzzle pieces together to create the speech bubble. And as they're getting uh, okay. more comfortable with each other the puzzle becomes less and less complicated uh, until it's basically solving itself. Um, and it's really, it's really, it's really cute. And I was like, Oh, this is smart. Yeah. And then it comes back later in the game um, in different ways. And I won't, which I won't talk about too much, but yeah, it was just really good. It was really sweet. It's like a nice completion to just kind of like, you know, you hit it out and you go like, that was a fun moving experience. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. That was the thing um, that I was saying that oh, sorry, uh, the gameplay kind of served the story of the game more than being a thing on itself. Yeah, I agree. It was really a case of like, um, they made it very clearly for this medium, you know, like it, it's, it, it probably could have been a comic if you wanted, but I think it would actually be less impactful if this was just a comic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which shows that they did a good job, I think. Anywho, that's Florence. <laughs> Play it. It's on sale in the eShop half off. It's also only like three bucks on iOS if you want. So just pick it up. Have uh, some fun. Uh, and mm-hmm. speaking of games that didn't outstay their welcome, segue. Uh, <laughs> the game that I beat this week 
three days, weekend, whatever, um, was Rayman 3 for the Game Boy Advance, which I've hung firmly in cheek in our show notes, put the Super Mario World killer, um, <laughs> which I'm, I'm baiting people, basically. It's, <laughs> I, I did have a better time with it than I did with Super Mario World, but it's clearly not as good a game from a, a constructed perspective. It is good fun. It was good fun for as long as it was there. So they actually do quite a lot to mix it up. So as well as the platforming, which was good, but had the same problems that I talked about last episode in terms of the camera being zoomed in and the level map being a bit of a clusterfuck. But as well as the the general platforming, they had a couple of sort of mode seven racing zones, uh, two different configurations. They had a couple of auto running segments when you're on the rockets. And there was a really random final boss segment thrown in where Rayman's suddenly in like a little pint-sized spaceship thing and you've got to avoid missiles and, and get the homing to send them to the boss. And It mixed it up is what I'm basically trying to say. And it, it's definitely something that I noticed versus Super Mario World where that felt like you were playing the same level again and again and again, at least to me, coming at it from the perspective that I did. Whereas Rayman felt like it did do quite a lot with boss battles as well as all the other stuff that I've mentioned to divert your attention and do things a little bit differently through the playthrough, which was less than four hours for me. Oh, nice. It sounds Sorry, a little Donkey Kong-ish, like Donkey Kong Country, you know? Like, it, it reminds me Wouldn't of, like... Wouldn't know, never played him. Oh, did you? You'd probably like Donkey Kong Country because it's hard as balls now, but, like, there's a lot of that where, like, they, they mix up all of the, like, the gameplay. So, like, sometimes you have animals you ride through, sometimes... A lot of people hate the minecart segments, but those are like the auto rail things. I love the minecarts so much. Uh, <laughs> and then the boss battles are all really inventive and interesting. So it, like, it, it sounds to me like it's borrowing more from the Donkey Kong legacy than it is from Mario legacy. Um, it could well be. They, they certainly seem like they have more in common superficially, if nothing else. Yeah. I do have returns on the 3DS. I put the cartridge in to check it worked. I think I played the first level and then sort of bounced completely off it. Hmm. for whatever reason i don't particularly remember why they're not easy games like i'll I'll be honest i think see i grew up with with it on the game boy color and i played the shit out of donkey Kong country and like that is a hard that version yeah which is which is even harder i think because you can hardly can't see as much but i didn't matter i loved that game um but yeah, they're tough. Honestly, Tropical Freeze, I think, is like one of the best ones out there. And just play with Funky Kong on the Switch. And it makes it so much more fun. <laughs> he can like he can step on spikes and stuff with the surfboard so you can avoid some like stupid deaths. Um, which like if you want to really challenge yourself, don't, you know, play Donkey Kong or whatever. But if you want to just have some fun, Funky Kong. I also recommend it as like a way to learn all the levels and then you can really challenge yourself after. It's like, oh yeah. But anyway, right. that's a whole yeah, other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours, huh? I might try that out then. I got my little Game Boy. <laughs> yes, um, it's worth a playthrough. And if you if you hate it, you can just get rid of it. It's, you've got the <laughs> retro thing, haven't you? So you've got like zero investment cost. You can just download it. Exactly. I probably already own it. Um. <laughs> wow. There you get one. Wow. Own yeah. in the loosest possible sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> well... Speaking of other things you own, yeah. why don't you uh, tell us about the thing you own and are no longer playing? Yes, so my retired this week, which might be a little contrary. Actually, I think this will make a lot of sense when I explain it. So I, I've, I don't know, retired might be a really strong word for this. It's more like I have, I've removed it from the playing tab of my how long to beat and it has returned to the backlog. And that's uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. I just, um, 
you know, I, I, I think Frozen Roy was talking about this too. I think we were talking about this on on the Discord, and like this game is a mess right now, and it works well on the on the Series X. It does work quite well, but it is still very buggy. I mean, I remember I was doing one of the first missions, and like they have like that big Jackie's holding that big crate with the 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 bot in it, and at one point it was just gone. There is just Jackie standing over a table and there's just nothing there and he's trying to he's tinkering with like a bot and i was like what is this is this like a game from the early 2000s you know like which i can forgive in those games because it's like yeah they didn't have the like time to like fucking program it so it looks like he's typing on a real you know what i mean like i'm like whatever which i'll talk about later actually that's a funny thing from a game i'm playing right now but uh i just i was like you know what they're patching this game every other goddamn day they're eventually going to release an optimized Series X version. I own the game right now. I have so many other games I want to play. I was like, I might as well just wait. And like, I was already waiting for this game to come out. And it's like, you know, obviously I was excited for it, but I was excited for like the game to be functioning and like full, you know, and, and I really like what I've played so far. Like it is excellent. And I don't know. I'm just pissed at the freaking leadership of, CD Projekt Red at this point, which clearly the developers are too, which feels nice. Like they had like they had like a, a really heated uh, video call. Apparently, um, the developers and and the leadership team, yeah. where the developers were like called them out and were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> which I was like, "Nice." Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. They were, were so pissed. Weird. What? If you spent near a decade on a game yeah. and. And the the bed was shat on from above. You would be fuming. Of course exactly. Really, I'd yeah. be so pissed. Like I said, they're artists, right? And they're like, we want people to like our game. We don't want like, uh, they're like we don't want people to like shit on our game like this. Um, so anyway, that that's why I've retired it for now. I'm going to pick it back up. I mean, look, there's a chance I'll pick it up over the break. Um, but I did get some new games um, in some of those Christmas sales that are already on. So uh, there's a chance that I'll just... Talking about those for weeks. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll probably talk about some of those next week. So yeah, I, I just felt like, you know what? Let's just put it on the back burner for now. I'm not losing anything by doing that. I already own it. Um, and then when it's like fully optimized and good and patched, I'll just burn through it and have a great time, you know? Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. So that's the plan. Should we, should we do a little cyberpunk round table then? Because Paulie, you've been watching your boyfriend play it still, haven't you? There's no other retirements, and then we can bleed it into playing. How's your boy? He's on PC, isn't he? Yeah, he's on PC. He actually like um, turned up the oh my god, the CPU and the motherboard of his PC, and the game mm-hmm. is running so much better now. <laughs> nice. There you go. It's not CDPR's fault. This is what it is. Uh, we but- just didn't have the hardware. Yeah, oh, uh, I mean, I'm on a Series X. Well, I feel like. <laughs> It's still buggy as hell. No amount of yeah. uh, specs is going to fix the the bugs. Yeah. Especially especially if, if Jackie is stuck behind a door and you have to restart the game to do the goddamn mission. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well Yeah, that was like near the start, so I mean you saw it PC, <laughs> right? Eight mega millibyte um save files yeah. are are literally fully corrupted and won't load so it's like i actually have to and their their solution is literally don't craft items don't craft items in a a game with a in a game as jude helpfully pointed out in the forum that has a fucking crafting skill tree 
Oh my god! You couldn't, you couldn't make it up, and it makes it harder and harder for me to not defend the game, but justify why I'm having such a good time with it. Because <laughs> I, I haven't had these problems. I get that they're happening, but I have had yeah. like. You haven't had like an NPC like depositing on the screen like randomly or something like that. Literally, not even once. I. Damn, you lucky. Had <laughs> but it, you're lucky. I, I, especially for being on PS4. Since the 1.04 patch, I haven't had a single crash. I had a few sort of in my opening seven or eight hours, but again, I, I lost no progress. I've had to make saves and load them immediately twice to unglitch things from the surfaces. That is the extent. Oh, and I've had I've had some instances of the audio not playing um, mm-hmm. when I fire my gun, and that and that's it. But it all superficial shit. Yeah. Once once the crash has stopped happening, and that isn't to diminish what other people are having because obviously it's it's fucked. A, yeah. The game shouldn't have released in the state they released. But from a purely selfish point of view, I've had thirty hours of bliss so far. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and my only my only quandary now is whether or not I do what you've done, Alex, and, and park the game for a few weeks. Because as I understand it, and to be fair, some of the news reports are a bit unclear on whether it's a purely PC problem or if it's all the platforms. Yeah. Um, that that save file thing is concerning. Um, my playstyle isn't one where I expect that I'd be running into it, but I also don't fancy getting to the 80-hour mark and, and being on the final stretch. Right. And then just being stuck with no way of progressing. It, so... There's a... Um, oh, my God. Uh, it seems like the uh, memory problem with the save files only happens on PC because, like, hmm. I actually ask around and someone uh, on the PS4 or PS5 has, like... Uh, 12 megabytes so far. Oh, no problem. Okay. Oh, I said millibytes earlier, didn't I? Megabytes, that's what I meant. Sorry. If <laughs> <laughs> uh, for some reason, it only happens on PC, from what I've heard. Um, PC so... master race heard. heard uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, I. Yeah, I, I doubt I'm going to run into a lot of problems, especially on the Series X, right? Like, I'm like, this thing is kind of, um, so like, apparently the game can recognize when it's being played on a Series X or a PS5, um, mm-hmm. and it allows, like, a, a little more. And that's why, obviously, it's been playing very well for me, right? Like, it's at 60 frames per second, and then, like, it's, it, it's great, but... I just, I don't want to risk it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't want to pour so much right. into this game just to find out that I discovered that one bug that no one knew about yet. <laughs> yeah. The one that randomly torches your brand new console and makes it into a toaster. Yeah. And again, like like you said, Rick, too, though, like, it's a good game. And that's why this breaks my friggin' heart for the developers, you know? Because it's soured for so many people. Yeah. Apart from yeah. just the developers. Like, I, I've, I've had friends who've, who've been waiting for the Sony refunds. And who just can't see any positives in the game. And they're just at that point where, you know, when you're annoyed about something and there's a few yeah. legitimate complaints and then you just start yourself going and the wheel's spinning and then you're like, and another thing. And you, it, there's just no redemption at that point. And it, it does suck, um, particularly as, as someone who was sort of a big evangelist of the game before and is having some of that ire directed back at me with some justification. Mm. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's not your fault that you like the game. I mean... <laughs> That's fine. No, but I, I do have like a weird survivor's guilt thing going on for having such a good time. It, it, I, it's a whole bundle of emotions. It's quite bizarre. You're like sitting in the corner. I'm, I'm everyone's like screaming and you're like, 
oh, it's kind of fun, you know. Shut the fuck up! It's weird, because I feel like I've only just scratched the surface as well. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm on about 30 hours of gameplay. I haven't progressed any of, like, the three main branches that the story goes on in the second act. Damn. I'm still in Watson. I'm still bouncing around just doing random side content and missions. Um, I have made a couple of forays out for, for specific things. So for anyone who's played deep into the game, there's a, a side quest related gun called Skippy, who's got like an AI in him. And he is very like, the way the world map is set up, Paula knows what I'm talking about. Bum, bum, dee bum, bum, bum. If you know, you know. Um, the gun is far down on the map and the map is, is sort of laid that the highest points are the least difficult. And the idea is that you move through night city and the difficulty moves up with you, roughly speaking. Yeah. So that gun is, is sort of two thirds of the way down. I sort of had to go in, avoid all the contact, all the combat, get the gun. Cause there's, there's no mission associated. If you know where it is, you just go and fucking pick it up and then sort of jet again. But other than like the odd bit like that, I've just been bouncing around Watson and, and having a good time and haven't, haven't done anything with the story. Haven't, have really thought about the story. I mean, quite a few reviews have pointed this out, but the story isn't really the strength of the game. The strength of the game is the world and the emergent stuff and some of the side stuff. Of course, the first two of those three are, are where some of the bugs are rearing their heads the most, and that's part of the problem. That's why I want to so, wait, right? It's because I'm like, the thing that I'm actually the most excited about is the buggiest part, and I'm like, I'm just going to wait. Because um, the story, yeah. like, I just felt like I had to burst through act one and i was like oh jesus christ just let me go do cool shit <laughs> thank you yeah, though, it, that, it is good though like don't get me wrong the like act one story is actually really compelling but it's just you know like i'm just like come on uh, little gamer wants to play <laughs> yeah it's kind of like an awesome dessert but you've been given a thimble to eat it with you just like i want a proper bite exactly yeah uh, why don't we move on then to what we're playing uh, since you're already talking yeah. about that good thing. Yeah, I'll just I'll roll into the other stuff. And, and to be fair, Cyberpunk has been the bulk. I still haven't played any more of Blasphemous. I played any more of Rabbids Go Home. Uh, I've done a little bit more of Recky. That's still great. Still mm-hmm. a great puzzler. Uh, the one new playthrough, and it's not even really a new playthrough, is Drill Dozer for the GBA. Hey. Um, which, this is this is technically my, my two and a half playthrough so i i played it way back in the day on an emulator mm-hmm. um the start of this year it was like a bit of a retail therapy thing with the pandemic just becoming a thing i spent way more than i feel comfortable with on uh an original cartridge because they, they never came to the west or, or they never came to europe rather mm-hmm. they, they were in america and japan so i had to import a copy and it cartridge only no box for instructions but i don't really mind about that huh, you should have um, told me but i got a complete box over here <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even let me tell you the worst bit which is going to make you laugh even more yeah. i got it for a better price than it would have been because it was fucking disgusting it was not well taken care of. <laughs> so I, I spent about 20 minutes and the the cartridge because it's got the motor in the top there's like all these textured bits on the top yeah oh yeah i i scraped some unholy gunk out of those it it was actually quite traumatizing but it is very pretty right now it reads okay it runs okay it vibrates okay 
and the the motor genuinely is a game changer it is it really is it it felt like a whole new playthrough with the force feedback Mm -hmm. and i think that's the only time i've ever felt that way about haptics it's also partly why i'm quite excited about dual sense and the impact that that potentially has but so I, i played through the game a second time and then there's all the secret missions that you can do afterwards and i thought well this is when the September release was still happening for Cyberpunk. I thought, well, I'll, I'll put it down for a couple of weeks and then I'll, I'll play the secret missions. It'll be a nice little sort of palette cleanser alongside Cyberpunk. Of course, Cyberpunk got delayed. I forgot about it. And then I was having a spring clean and I, found, I saw the cartridge again. I was like, oh yeah, I was going to go back and play that, uh, which I'm now doing. And it, it's nice. That they're actually challenging, the secret was, because the, the main playthrough is actually a bit of a breeze in, in a good way. It, it's nice and painless and comfy but with the first secret level even i found myself struggling to remember how all of it works because it's expecting you to make multiple drill jumps and switch directions and do things on a quick timer i'm having a lot of fun but for a different reason that i had fun with the base game (laughs) so it's nice so far we'll see how much patience i've got for it i suppose Fun fact, that's the game that kicked off my old backlog blog. <laughs> was good old Drill Oh, there Dunter. you go. Yeah. Um, although oh. that backlog blog is long dead now because this podcast takes up my life. <laughs> comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> long to beat. I always tell myself, yeah, I'll go write up some descriptions of the games I've beaten. I'm like, no, I won't. <laughs> Paul, I'm impressed what you, you need keep to do it up. Start like a- what? You need to start like a clips channel and just cut your bits out and paste them <laughs> in the blog. Yeah, there you go. I'll just be like, go to this section of the YouTube video to hear what I think about this game. <laughs> Not a bad the idea. The lowest actually. of effort. Yeah, right. There you go. What, I, what I do in the firms is like very light compared with what I tried to do like a long time ago. Mm. Uh, because I actually was in like uh, some video game Amino, I think. Mm. Yeah. And I ended up doing like a gaming blog there. Um, and oh my god, writing like an actual description or review takes a lot of time. It does. It does. Trying to get all your thoughts together, you're like, ugh. Um, actually, why don't we go and why don't we move right along then, Paul? Do you want to tell us what you are playing? Oh, I've been. Uh, I play a little bit of. Uh, Hero Warriors Age of Calamity. I'm still in that game. I'm still trying to get all the characters. And actually, um, 90%, yeah, 90% through getting one of those remaining two characters. Nice. Which is nice. Oh, well, and God realized Shirogane no Kiseki, which I haven't played in the last three days, but I hope I can jump right into it. Um, probably as soon as we finish this. <laughs> <laughs> Pop off and get that thing going. Nice. Get nice. past the menu screen. Um, get past the menu screen. Yeah, well, I've got some new games uh, to talk about. Um, I'm playing Knights of the Old Republic 2, um, which, okay, some people have told me, like, you should really play this on the PC because there's the lost content uh, mod or restored content mod, uh, but... I wanted to try it on my Series X, and holy shit, this game is buttery smooth on the Series X, and it looks really good. Like, 
weirdly good. Everything's really clean, uh, sharp. It loads in like a second, like honestly, which I'm like, maybe it already did this anyway. But like whenever I go into a new area, it's just like I see the loading screen. It's like, boop, and then it's just done. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Saves in like a second as well. And it's just like really fast um and it just it's i mean you'd hope so yeah given how old it is and how new the tech is well yeah but you'd also think too though right like sometimes it also just depends on like how the game was programmed right like some games even if you put them on really great hardware they sometimes just they just take a while yeah. anyway like mass effects <laughs> elevators are always mass effects elevators you know what i mean like <laughs> doesn't matter how good the tech is it's like do 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 you know, right? Or like going through those, like, you know, in games in like the PS4 era. I think the PS4 and the Xbox era is going to be known for the like, you need to now shimmy through this tight crack. You know, <laughs> it's like the FF7 this, remake. Right? Situation. Yeah. This yeah. isn't a loading screen. This is gameplay. <laughs> so you like push forward <laughs> to like sidle through something. Anyway, um, that game is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Like, I have been enjoying it so much. It is so much fun. The writing is excellent. It's, like, such an intriguing story. I'm, I'm, I've am I'm, just hit the point now. Like, I'm probably eight hours into the game. Uh, and I've hit the point where, um, where I don't remember what happens. So, like, I've seen kind of the last person that I remember uh, having uh, played with, Astrid. Um, and so, for those who know the game, they'll know where I'm at. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just... I just love it. It's just so good. It's just so good. And it's Obsidian's very first game, which is kind of nuts that like they started off with Knights of the Old Republic 2 and that was like, that was their start. Um, I think I'm going to go on a bit of an Obsidian kick. I want to play Fallout New Vegas again too after, but uh, yeah, so I'm playing that. I also picked up this game on the Switch Lite, which was originally an Apple Arcade game, Grindstone. Um works really lovely on the switch because it's you can use the touch screen and it's kind of nice to have touchscreen controls and the button controls because um it just kind of like i don't know it, it's really intuitive because you can just like touch whenever you want hit a button to like set it go and basically the way this game works actually how do i best describe this think of it it's it's like a it's like a grid puzzle game um where you have to sort of match things up but the way it works is that you play as this like um big barbarian dude and you have all these these monsters on the board and they're all different colors um and essentially you can drag your guy and what you're trying to do is you want to chain through all of the same color um and if you get over 10 you will create grindstones and these are kind of the currency of the game but they also allow you when they drop they'll allow you to chain to a new color so the goal and like each level has a bunch of different things on it. And there are, you know, I think there's well over a hundred, maybe more levels um, in it. And it, it takes a while. Like I've been playing for a while now and it is super fun. The mechanics are just so goddamn solid. Um, it's beautifully ha- like the, the, the uh, art style is gorgeous and hilarious. It's got a good sense of humor um great challenges there's like daily challenges you can do and stuff and it's it's really really good it's probably a little more expensive than um might be comfortable because of the fact that you could play this on a like a 5.99 or like 4.99 subscription to apple arcade before so like i think it's like 25 bucks in canada um but it's also on 25 percent off right now so i got it for like 18 dollars i think which 
for me, feels good. Like, I, I really recommend this game. Like, I'm really enjoying it. And it's that kind of fun puzzle fix. You know, you're watching something, and you're just like going to town in it. So it's really good. Um, yeah. And then I'm still playing Hades. I've actually gotten quite further in Hades now. Um, I'm so, I'm so close. I'm so close to breaking free. <laughs> I'm like, right there. I'm right there. <laughs> uh, but that game is excellent still. And Kadelka, I'm still going. Someone, nominated Kadelka for video game book club for january um and this is oh. me saying yes everyone vote for it when it comes up vote for it <laughs> <laughs> because i'm not finishing it before december so vote for it vote for it <laughs> um and uh that's yeah that's it that's all i'm playing nice and just before we move on to the topic if anyone wants to hear a bit more about Grindstone. Funnily enough, like I was listening um, to the developer, Cappy. They've done a, a podcast with Noclip oh, nice. today talking about the, the process of um, launching it on Switch as a mobile title, working on it, how they made the gameplay fit a horizontal screen instead of a vertical one. Um, they, they do great podcasts, great documentaries, and it's a really good listen. So if you fancy hearing more, long form audio content about video games that's a great place to go and look yeah because it's seamless um, like their transition over you would think it was a native switch game right like you would have no idea this was on a phone yeah that that's what you want from your mobile ports like you say it's and to be fair like i said with recce it's always a little bit jarring if you can see the mobile roots sort of growing out the back of the pc as it were Mm-hmm. Even if the game's fantastic, which Recky was, and Assemble with Care, which I mentioned last week, that was another one where you could just tell the way it was set out. It was designed for you to move things with your finger, really. But hey ho! And that's why I was so glad because like some developers don't do this, but they were like, "No, we're gonna fully utilize the touch screen," and that's what makes it work so well. Like with a Switch Lite in particular, it's really great because you can hold the Switch Lite so comfortably in one hand and just like go through it so that it feels just nice and good. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And speaking of nice and good feelings, there's no better one than Christmas. <laughs> and with it being the season, what we said is this week from our grab bag of topics that we have in our back pockets, we thought we'd pull out um, Christmas memories as they relate to games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cause... I will jump in very quickly, mainly because I've I've sort of talked about all these before. So, um, I know for a fact I've talked about getting a Game Boy Advance for Christmas. Mm. with with harry potter and sort of realizing that trigger buttons were a thing uh and then the other one just briefly which uh wait I sorry which harry potter was it that you got chamber of secrets uh was it the game so, boy advance chamber you of secrets played bbc version which is the so rpg one yeah so i've heard and to be fair that's the roots that the, the prisoner of azkaban yeah on game boy advance came from which i loved as a child i think on that blog you're talking about, I think you described it as a great game to get high to. Oh, I was so high when I played that game. <laughs> like I don't, I don't drink or anything and stuff. And like, but occasionally I'm like, let's have an edible. And I'll be honest, whenever I did, I can't play games very well. You know, if I'm a little high, I can't play games. Um, and in Canada here, weed's been legal for a while, so like, the the reality <laughs> is just like I can't, I can't play many games. But Prisoner of Azkaban, I could sure play that. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so the, the thing with Chamber of Secrets is like it was a almost an isometric Zelda title mm. in the sense that you equipped spells and you equipped items and the action buttons that you equipped them to with the triggers. And I didn't I didn't quite realize that that's where they were. I was used to there just being an A and a B, and my little five year old brain was like, 
oh, it's just like thinner and better screen and, and better <laughs> games. Um, and I, I think I'd been sat at this bit for 15 minutes not knowing what to do. And my dad sort of leaned over my shoulder and he's like, are there any more buttons you could press? I was like, what do you mean? And he said, look, look, look at these. And I was like, oh my God, I just pulled a face. It's not really going to translate to audio, but it blew my little mind. And that That's was great. Awesome. And the game's great. So if you also happen to have a Retroid and are looking for really mm. random hidden gem Game Boy Advance games to go back to, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, Rayman 3. There you go. That's your that's your Christmas break sorted. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, did, did any of you get a Wii on Christmas? Was that an experience right. any of you guys shared? <laughs> there you go. And and my parents pranked us. They they were like, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to get one. They're sold out <laughs> everywhere. Not really sure. Later in life, I found out that they'd snagged it weeks prior and they were just messing with us. But, uh, <laughs> but on Christmas Day, they, they let us believe they haven't got it. We open all the presents. Like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll get one when they're back in the shops. And they're like, oh, we remembered something. Pull it out the back of the sofa. And we have that like N64 <laughs> moment nice. running around this room screaming, all of that. I was on um, so old, that was great. Oh, sorry. I was on an old Wii forum back in the day, like Wii Loaded it was called. So like I definitely had got the Wii that launch. <laughs> well, like Christmas <laughs> launch, you know, like I was a child, so I couldn't get it launch launch, but my parents got that Christmas. Yeah, oh dude. Playing I, I have fond memories of that Christmas. We would play Wii Sports, um, like boxing and like all that stuff. And then I also got Twilight Princess. Um So did we. So did we. <sighs> I love See that what I did there. I did we. So did we. Ah! <laughs> that's awful. I I will excuse myself from future episodes of this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, no, we we smacked. It. I mean, for for the PlayStation Two, my parents sort of dropped the ball a little bit. We had to fix it in the in the Christmas sales. Um, I think we picked up Ratchet and Clank and something else really good for PS Two. Uh, mm-hmm. But they'd sort of bought us some random snooker game and. F1 2003, we don't watch F1, we haven't got a clue. And just like some other random stuff, but they nailed the Wii. They got Twilight Princess, uh, they got Big Brain Academy, which was like an actual big thing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember whether it was that Christmas or the Christmas after, but at some point we had Mario Galaxy as well, which I think is just okay. But my brother and most other people think is a, is a Stone Cold classic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, sorry. I was just saying, like, I'm trying to think of the Wii games that we had. See, I have a, I have a horrific memory, so it's like it's really hard for me to remember the specific things we got. But I was like trying hard, um, and I, I think we had Twilight Princess, Wii Sports, and then it's possible we had WarioWare or Super Monkey Ball. And I think it might have been Super Monkey Ball. I know I had both of those in the end, but I think Super Monkey Ball mm-hmm. was like a near launch title. Um, and I remember playing that. The game sucked on the Wii, but <laughs> was that the adventure one that they had on PSP as well, where it was like a an action adventure game, not like a puzzler? No, I don't. Or oh I no, no, no! Maybe this one was pretty good actually, because this is the tilt control one. No, I think this one stuck to its roots. I don't know. Super Monkey Ball went off the rail. <laughs> <laughs> went off went off the rails pretty quickly after that game um, careful we're, we're gonna have to find a whole new panel if we're not careful right i do think that was the shite one though i remember watching there's some youtuber i can't remember his name he does like a whole bunch on super monkey ball and he did this great uh this great thing on like that series because of course the developer went on to do yakuza and basically looks like a yakuza now um and so like 
Yeah. I'm convinced yeah, he's that. I'm convinced he's in with the Yakuza in some way or shape or form. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sega is. Like I think it's like a pretty widely known secret kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, yeah. um <laughs> so regardless, Super Monkey Ball kind of went downhill, but I, I remember playing those um that Christmas. It was just good times. Good times. God, I would have been. What about young. you, Paula? Um well since uh it actually took me like years to actually get a console of my own. Uh, in 2012, um, it took me a whole year of talking my parents like into um, considering like allowing me to have a console and that I'll be like, I'll behave, I'll do my homework like always and stuff like that. And after a year of studying hard to Acing all by my test back in school. Uh, they got me a new 3D, no, uh, 3DS XL, uh, which, uh, which was originally the red bottle, but I ended up like painting over it. Oh, wow. Um, I'm making Whoa. like a little sort of theme. Nice. You and it still works. I'll probably have to post a photo of that. Not up in here because, like, the second time I painted it, I kind of tap and got <laughs> gold all over the screen, but uh, it is functional. <laughs> and it still works. Like, it is 100% functional. And don't betray me, 3DS. Why is it not turning? <laughs> no, not <laughs> That's like a dodgy eBay listing. 100% functional. It's like, well, I believed it until you felt the need to tell me it was 100% <laughs> functional. Right. Uh, there. Um, this one I actually jailbroke after I got my new 3DS so I could patch Japanese games and stuff. Mm. Um, uh, getting it like with occurring of time, I remember like waiting for everyone to go to sleep and then immediately jumping into the game. And uh, this is like the one game related thing that my parents have ever gotten me. Hmm. Besides that, my siblings actually are like, hey, do you have any game you want for Christmas from time to time? And so I'm actually like kind of guilty because like some of the games or most of the games I haven't actually finished. Um, but I want, real. I have real. them, but I haven't finished them because uh, I get distracted by other things and they're horrible, but, um, yeah, um, <laughs> I get it. Uh, actually I got Ninokuni last Christmas and I actually started it and we were playing like with my boyfriend, like, uh, each with it. With, with a copy of the game. And somewhere along the way, I I don't know, probably some visual novel release, and I was like, woo, tiny. Mm. Never to be played uh, again. But yeah. I, I actually want to finish uh, Ninukuni, and Age of Calamity was actually like my really early Christmas present. Mm. Because Honest my... Sister, uh, my sister plays Re uh, Breath of the Wild too, and my nephew plays Breath of the Wild too. 
So uh, we were all talking about this new Zelda game that was going to come out, and suddenly my sister said, "Like, oh, do you have any plans for like pre-ordering? Pre-ordering? Oh my, are you gonna <laughs> buy the game?" <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting like uh, for the beginning of the month to get my money and actually pay for it. I'm like, oh, don't worry, it's gonna be your early Christmas present. I'm like. Your sister's dope. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. <laughs> the irony is, there's every chance that you've like 100 percented it by Christmas. I could actually 100 percent it by Christmas. That's what I'm saying. You're close. <laughs> hey, that's early the best Christmas, Christmas present. Gift. Early Christmas completion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On the Nino uh, Kuni thing, though, I do recommend you go back and finish it because that game is excellent. Like story wise, it it's super good. It is, and I really. I really love it so far. <laughs> By my attention span is like. <laughs> hey, this, this is the guy who just retired Cyberpunk. So, like, no, I get it. I get it. The attention span thing is hard. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to play that one. Oh, I want to play that one. <laughs> nah. Just to branch this out ever so slightly, I don't know if this was just me. Did either of you two do the big sort of annual pilgrimage to the game shops for the game sales on like Boxing Day and the days after? Or was yes. that just a me thing? I often did that when I was older, though, because they, you know what, to be honest, um, oh, and I, I'll talk, I still have two other little Christmas memories that I'll share in a minute, but um, I, uh, um, Boxing Day actually wasn't a thing, really, in Canada for a long time, especially in the Maritimes, so the 26th still is, I think, in the Maritimes, um, a full day off, there, no one goes out, there's no stores open at all. What? What do you mean the Maritimes? Sorry, this is probably oh, my Oh, sorry. Show. Okay, so uh, the Maritimes in Canada are uh, the provinces of New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Prince Edward Island, PEI. Um, we call them the Maritimes because we're in the ocean, um, by the ocean, and we make most of our living off the ocean. <laughs> so uh, we're called right. the Maritimes, and we call people from there Maritimers, um, and that's that's who we are. So I'm a Maritimer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. But basically, yeah, yeah. So basically on the 27th, that was the day where it was like, let's head into town. Let's get that. Because we often, our parents would give us a little bit of money or like, you know, aunts and uncles and shit. So it would be like time to go in and get those things. So I'd be off to EB Games, which is like our equivalent of GameSpot. Uh, GameStop. GameSpot? GameStop. GameSpot is the news site. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I hated that so much. I was like, thank God it's EB Games here. Because um, GameStop owns eb games anyway that's more complicated than it needed to be but yeah we'd go there and we would i would always get a game uh, and i'll probably do it again this year except i won't go to a store <laughs> i'll just do it online yeah. <laughs> what about you yeah rick Polly. Yeah. yeah on my guess like when i'm spending christmas with my family especially since the 25th is kind of like a holiday year so no stores open and if it's like a long weekend like no stores open I actually had to wait for a bit to actually have like my own money to uh, try to get games like at this one after Christmas. And the good thing is, uh, after I got to uni and after I got my own uh, my own card, like a couple of years ago, I actually saved up uh, money like during the year because I knew that during like December, January, there were going to be sales, either Steam sales or whatever sales from this other gaming place. And there's this 
uh, gaming store called Todo Juegos that actually has like super low prices for stuff that has come out like um recently like uh no not necessarily recently like uh, games that have like more than one year in, in the store get some crazy discounts like okay. um even like the PS4 and Xbox and uh, sometimes some 3DS games are like super low price. And before they turn to the dark side, um, we play in Zetamart actually had some very good prices after Christmas. So I remember like going crazy. And that was the year that I got my um, PS4. Uh, and I went out of my way and ordered a box full of games because they were like so cheap. And I actually got this uh, special edition for Tokyo Sanaru, that is like a JRPG. And it had this giant statue, like this. this we're tall. talking about 60 centimeters tall for our audio listeners, which is all of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. No, maybe it's like 50, no, 30, 30 something, 40. I don't know. It is a big statue. And I, um, the game and the statue and the other stuff that came with it, it was like um, 30 bucks. I think the original price is 180. Right. I mean, um, I I expected no less from the, the, pop, the mom and pop paradise that is chilly. I expected that Christmas deals would be good for you. <laughs> yeah, it depends for if you know where to look. If because you know, if you, you know, know yeah. the deal suck. <laughs> if you're in the know. <laughs> if you're in the know. Oh, is it? You know, you know. Yeah. What about you, Rick? You said you do you, you hit him up? Yeah, so we because we would always spend Christmas with extended family, we would always stay for a few days um away from where I actually lived uh growing up in a place that was very, very close to a very big shopping center. So we wouldn't normally go on the 26th because we'd normally spend the 25th and the 26th with with various family in various different houses doing various different things. But come the 27th, we would normally make a day of going, not, not just for games, but for sale shopping generally. But there would always be game, which is our equivalent of GameStop. There was also... Another one that was called something slightly different. It was game something, but it was it didn't begin with an with an S. I don't think. Anyway, we they merged eventually, but there, there was the the normal straight up game shop. Growing up, there was still a few mom and pops that you'd be able to get things from, and then there was also the second hand retailers, who would do sales or promotions or things like that over christmas so we got loads that way and that was the golden time when those discounts were deep and quite frequent i feel like when when we hit ps3 ps4 that started to dwindle a little bit but particularly for handheld stuff gba ds psp when i got one of those eventually and for the ps2 stuff you would often get really deep discounts and really silly good discounts so we i mean i'm struggling to picture specific games that i got very cheap i know we got ratchet and clank for sorry go on 
I was going to say, I can't remember a single game I got cheap after Christmas. I, it's just genuinely like it just vanishes from the brain, you know? Uh, I, I know we did loads. I mean, I'm trying to pick mm-hmm. a few out. So I know Ratchet and Clank we got for the PS2. And I mean, that's one of my favorite series ever. And me and my brother played the shit out of that game, both like separately and together, like watching each other play. Uh, and that was the same with two and three. Anyway, um, Custom Robo Arena, if any of you played that on the DS back in the day, that was a Christmas purchase. Mm. That's a very good game. I'm not sure if it necessarily holds up now because it was 3D arenas with a D-pad control scheme. But I had a blast with it when I was little. <laughs> and it was just it was just generally an exciting thing to know where you've, you've got some of this Christmas money that you've not put away in savings or, or done other stuff with that you can spend on whatever you want. And there's going to be loads of games and there's probably going to be some that you wanted anyway that are super cheap. Mm-hmm. And that was almost as exciting, if not slightly more, than the actual things you were unwrapping because there was some agency in it. Oh, big time. Along with that surprise of what are you going to find. Mm-hmm. So that that's a real strong Christmas gaming memory nice. of mine, um, along with the consoles and the everything else. Yeah, um, um, yeah I mean, that, that's me. Is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? on that um, i think you said you had a couple of bits in you alex yeah or have you already yeah. hit those uh, do you want to go first alex sure sure yeah it's not super long um i just i have two other like console memories so like i was looking back at it and i was like i actually did get quite a few like gaming gifts um and the first one that i remember and this was also the first console i ever received um was uh the nintendo gamecube and i got the, the purple gamecube uh oh I think we just heard a little bark. That was a weird one too. I think she's having a a nightmare. <laughs> she's she's asleep. Sometimes she has a little. She'll make these. She'll make like one little yelp sound in her sleep, and then she'll just pass out. Um, so anyway, yeah, Nintendo GameCube. I got a purple one, and I can hardly remember what games I got with it because I don't think I got wind waker with it i know i played wind waker eventually and played like the master quest like like i had that one where it had like ocarina of time on it. It, yeah yeah but i don't know if that actually came with my gamecube or not but one game that did come with it and this is random goddamn game ever it's called vex the xx i played that game you played on it? ps2 but i played that game oh yes yeah, a really weird acclaimed 3d platformer yeah and i loved it i don't i i just i really loved it yeah right it was weird yeah. it was so like 2000s like like yeah. kind of like yeah you know like it, like he was like trying to be like cool looking and he's like this clawed creature who's just like Ugh, and it's like it's kind of like you know uh, it's, it's early two thousands edge lord, but like kid friendly. Exactly, and it was like um like Banjo Kazooie, those kind of games. Like it's a collectathon game, um yeah. where you like go into worlds and stuff. And I just remember playing that, and I think there were I think we also had like a one of those like Disney Mickey Mouse games on there that was like pretty good. Um, it's one of those ones that was like actually a, a fairly decent one. Um, yeah, I think that was the big ones though, and maybe Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, maybe that as well, which I've mm-hmm. never understood that game. I never will, and uh, I st- stupid, stupid, dumb game. Um, so that's- <laughs> it's, it's kind of sad how bad they dropped the ball on that remaster. <sighs> I was that really could have been a kick. I think everyone wanted that to succeed, and it just didn't. I know. I was like, oh, maybe this will redeem poor alex who was a child and didn't understand how the hell to play this game i just didn't know if i was winning or not i was like am i beating this game what is happening uh it just like kept going forever uh 
So anyway, the, the GameCube, that was a big, big, oh, just a beautiful, wonderful time. Smash Brothers came along pretty soon after, and like that whole thing was just the best. Yeah. Tangent before you move on, mm-hmm. I don't want to let Crystal Chronicles be completely sullied because the two DS games, Ring of Fates and Echoes of Time, mm. actually very good. That's yeah. all I wanted to say. You carry on. No, they are. <laughs> and look, I mean, if you played it, like I said, as a kid, I had fond memories of the game. It was just confusing to me. Um, the only other one I'll mention mm. is like, I also got a 360. Um, and I don't know if it was Christmas. I'm pretty sure it was. But a 360 a few years later, um, it was either before or after the Wii. Who knows um, <laughs> uh, that I got it. But I think it was after, actually, because I remember playing Halo 3. So it, the 360 had been out for a while. Um, I had Halo 3. I think I had GTA 4. And I just remember playing with my buds. And like that was a great Christmas. Like The Xbox 360 was amazing. Oblivion. I was like, oh, yeah, because I had played Oblivion. Mm-hmm. I tried to make our home pc work to play oblivion and you know it ran at about four frames per second and um (laughs) so it it functioned i had to be stealth because i couldn't do combat or else i would die immediately (laughs) because it was so slow (laughs) so i was a stealth character but i wanted to play that game so bad and then eventually when i got it on the xbox 360 i was just in heaven it was like finally i could play this game um anyway so those are my christmas memories good old gamecube wii 360 um paul you had something you're gonna add there huh Oh, yeah. Um, that most of our Christmas memories that are, like, related to gaming uh, has been, like, the more recent ones because mm. uh, since I had my nephew, my sister uh, and her husband and my nephew, like, spent one year with my with the in-laws family and uh, one Christmas with our family. Mm. And the older my nephew gets is kind of, like like, more fun uh like the they they wait for midnight and stuff for example because we actually like wait for midnight before we need the presents and my like the last couple of years we were like playing like Kart and stuff like that and last year we actually spent the christmas at my brother's place um and my nephew was getting like restless and I and I was like, Hey, I brought my switch, like, let's play some Mario Kart. And I didn't have the dog because like for some reason I thought my brother had a switch. I think he sold it off like a couple of days before Christmas. So I was like, Well, we don't have a dog, but we can play on the screen. And my nephew was like, he didn't care, like the screen was small or anything he was just having fun nice. so um that's the kind of thing that i like like uh actually like being able to cheer something i like uh, with my family mm. uh which sometimes uh that's not happen because like my especially my parents are more, more like uh not to keen on video games and stuff but since we were at my brother's place who uh, he called it just like he was like, Yeah, go ahead, play. You don't like that. Yeah, so, uh, we, uh, so like Joy Con's played, like anyone else wants to play. <laughs> we now that you say that, we, we did that, but with the DSs. I don't know if, if either of you, I think you maybe didn't, Paul, because you came a little bit after that. Did you ever do that, Alex? Mario Kart DS and loads of them paired up? No, my brother's, um, couldn't have given a shit about the ds <laughs> uh, like my my middle brother was uh he's like he, he was kind of like sportsy and more concussions than 
I don't know, God gave a goose or whatever. Like he just so many. And like, <laughs> like I love him, yeah. but yeah, I'm he's right. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't big on the DS. My youngest brother was just too young um, at the time, like when the DS was big, but we do the same thing, Paula. Now, like every year when I go home, because the middle guy, he doesn't play a ton of games, but he played Mario Kart so much in college that he is incredibly good at it. And so it's one of the few games he can beat me at, which is actually why it's really fun to play with him because, <laughs> you know, sometimes I win, but sometimes I don't. And the reality is like everyone thinks like, oh, you want to like win. But like when I play video games, no, I don't care. Like I want to play it and I want to like have that competition. Right. And so like it's actually not fun because if you're skilled at a game, this is like humble brag, right? You're like, if you're really it skilled at a boring. game. I know but you know, saying, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? right like it's boring and then they get upset because they're not winning and they know if you let them win right like it's it's yeah. just obvious in a game so like it's really nice when we found this game that like he's super good at and i'm pretty good at mario kart enough to win sometimes but i definitely don't win every time and so it's really fun that way because it's like oh shit i have to really try hard in this um so yeah unfortunately i can't go home this this year because of you know the pandemic so won't have any World of that event. Yeah, but we'll probably no, do Jackbox we, uh, over Zoom. Yeah, Jackbox is a great party game. We we all had it, it was the perfect time for us because me and my brother and all my cousins were all within a few years of each other, mm-hmm. and we all had we all had DSs and obviously download play was a thing. So we just played loads of Mario Kart every Christmas for like four or five in a row. It was amazing, um, and and now we're all a little bit past it, but we do play the Switch one sometimes. And my brother's done the same as, as your middle brother, where he got a Switch and I don't, and he plays lots of Mario Kart now and I don't. And now he actually beats me most of the time. Whereas on DS, I was the undisputed champion, nice. which was still kind of fun because obviously you get blue shelled and, and Mario Kart is what it is. But <laughs> it's like you say, it's it's nice to actually have to stretch your muscles and, and be able to have a good time regardless. Rocket League is probably my one of that where it's like just way too easy and it's not fun to play with people that I socialize with outside of gaming because mm-hmm. I'm just particularly with Rocket League because there's quite a high skill ceiling yeah. and I play it a lot. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just obvious that I can do things that to be fair, when I just picked up a pad, you just straight up couldn't do mm-hmm. like aerials. For example, it took me a good, God, this sounds awful. A good couple of hundred of hours of playing the game before I'd mastered getting into the air in a straight line, let alone rotating the car and moving mm. while you're in the air and all the other things. And it, it looks like fucking witchcraft to someone who doesn't play the game normally when they've when they, they've just sort of driven <laughs> at the ball and then you're just sort of exosetting through the air. It's it's something else. But yeah, I, I totally get what you mean on that. That's our Christmas discussion. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Christmas. Uh, <laughs> For family and games. Seems, <laughs> yeah, so with my family, we're probably using Zoom this year. Might as well say, like, hey, want to play Among Us? When they're in friendships and family. Uh, <laughs> Grandma, you're kind of sus. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Man, Among Us has, like, immediately been ruined for me just by how many... This is, it's fine. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. But I played it, I played it like, once or <laughs> twice, and I was like, this is fine, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, you need the right people with the right people it's top tier and if you yeah. don't get the right group of people together it's dead it, well, it, especially it, it's if made you, all broken right especially if you're like decent at video games and then you just walk through and you're like slice 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 all right <laughs> it's like you know what i mean it's like, that's game i guess uh all right um uh, why don't we move along then to our question for the week by hesperide 
you can correct me if that was wrong. Someone actually sent an email question this week. Uh, and I actually will we'll, we'll answer the question next week, but they very helpfully uh, provided uh, how to pronounce the name. And so you know who you are. And I have to say, thank you. Genuinely. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said it was very funny. They're like, they enjoy the way that I was trying to say it. But um, I love the idea that they've said it wrong in the email, just for shits and giggles. Oh, see, that'll be extra funny if that's <laughs> the truth, but we'll find out. Um, so the question is, what other innovations do you think or can imagine, the gaming industry will give rise to in the coming years, not including things like streaming services and VR. Who wants to tackle this one? I've got some ideas. I've got some thoughts, but they're a little bit outside of the box of what they've really asked. So I'm hoping that you guys will sort of actually tackle the question, then I can just chat. Sure. I I have a thought and something that i think is coming and it's sort of a little cheaty-ish because it's it's not vr but i do think ar is like really on the way and and not in the way that we're using it right now like you know there's all the ar game like mobile games and stuff which i i think is a paltry use of ar um and like a rather uninspired one in most cases um except maybe things like pokemon go was obviously yeah, that was a great idea. You know, that was an excellent idea. Um, some of the ones that have come after, I think, are just trying to kind of copy them. And it's like, come on, try something new. But I, what I think AR is going to have an influence on eventually um, is control. And so I, I, I think we're going to see innovations in how we control games in the, in the future, obviously. Like, I mean, we've seen innovations um, since games have started and like gaming is so new still and really even the d-pad's not very old um let alone the twin uh sticks is frankly very new you know <laughs> like i mean basically the 90s and like so i i i feel that ar might provide a really interesting background because it it has the potential for finger tracking um and it has the potential for allowing um, game developers to genuinely customize how they want to con- how they want their game to be controlled, um, which really to me feels like it's it's genuinely like the next hurdle in game development and and in gaming in general because at the moment games are extremely hampered by how you can control them right like that is a genuine sort of like thing that holds back a lot of games there's only so much that you can do with a controller right and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing sometimes restraint breeds creativity and, and, and creates really fascinating things but when you think about it it's like especially with a mass market appeal you kind of have to have all your controls sort of being in in, in a way that fits on a, to a controller um which is sort of in this general shape so i do think that um there will be an interesting i don't know how it's going to look and i don't know how it's going to catch on but with the rise of vr like i thought that was like not coming forever like no one was like yeah that's coming right now and then like it's like holy shit it's here and their control schemes are so interesting and i just i don't know i can see a world and like oh what a world of accessibility that would be right like they're already like microsoft's created beautiful accessibility controllers and it's like imagine a world wherein you have a device maybe you can strap it on or something but you have something that can that can track the fingers um and allow you to actually uh, manipulate the um the game um in different ways it's like so i don't know i just think that we're we're getting closer and closer to a world like that um and I'm really, really curious to see where it goes. Because like as someone who's experienced VR, 
a lot of the times you genuinely feel like you can just touch everything and you can really actually like there's almost like it's just the tactile response that's the thing that's important so i don't know i don't know what it's going to look like um i don't know how it's going to happen but i think control and ar uh, are going to be probably the next two big innovations um along my lines it's funny you mentioned Microsoft because what you said sounded eerily similar to the Kinect pitch that that was absolute bollocks. Oh yeah, the Kinect's <laughs> a good camera. Though. I, I personally have misgivings about finger tracking tech. So I've I've tried VR myself. I, I want a headset. I'm not currently in a position financially or, or, or space wise where it's viable for me, but. I think the reason that works, where, where control has made things better, and this certainly is, has never been more stark for me than going back to some old Wii games and seeing how actually, quite frankly, bollocks some of the waggle was in terms of control. Those innovations work when they make it easier and more intuitive. So the reason some of those waggles didn't work, the reason Connect didn't really work, is it was far too blunt. And so it, it was more of a problem to try and make your motion match what the thing was looking for than it was just to press a button where you've got certainty, you've got tactility. And I think the reason the VR stuff works so well is that moving your head to look around, intuitive. It, it, it's not difficult to map versus, versus an analog stick. Ditto like Beat Saber waving your thing. Because it's one-to-one, it makes sense. Where I think what you're saying falls a little bit short is that the VR stuff works because you've got a grip button. And it makes sense that you squeeze the button, you squeeze the thing in game. I think if you try and map that to one-to-one finger motion, you're sort of heart, you're closing your hand around an, in, an invisible, not real object. And it, it doesn't really, you're still muted, by the way. I think it you're misunderstanding really what I meant, work. actually, which might be my issue. I'm not oh, talking about maybe. nothing. I'm talking about augmenting a thing, right? So a physical object, augmenting physical objects, because that's that's a lot of where augmented reality is coming into. So it's like it's a little bit VR, mm-hmm. but it's in a different sense. So I'm talking being able to have customizable physical objects that you can augment onto different um, interfaces and different things. So for me, it's like an ability for creating customizable stuff. So again, I don't know if this is going to happen anytime soon, and I don't know what that looks like. But I just think because because imagine if you know you have a controller that has multiple like many 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 inputs right many different uh things that you could put onto it that has a lot of different stuff involved and it's not um relegated to a certain thing but then you can augment onto it the specific controls that you actually want to use and the specific uh, buttons Mm -hmm. and things that you want i just think that could be something that's interesting i think it's very far off but i also think that it's impossible to know what it'll look like but i just i guarantee you augmented reality is going to be coming up in the near future, in a big way, I think, um, because well, we'll see. in the look, topic of augmented oh, yeah, reality, so. I mm-hmm. kind of remembered uh, a little thing that happened, like when I was just getting to university. Um, there was this student from a group I was in. Uh, he was doing like some kind of research. I think it was for his thesis or something like that, and he program like um, a little AR application on the 3DS where you know how in the 3DS you can put like the AR cards Mm -hmm. and the object appears like through the camera 
but like on top of whatever surface you put it like in the real world. Mm -hmm. So he put like an AR card on the table. He gave me a 3DS. I looked through it and there was a puzzle box there. And it was set up so even if you can move around the table and see the different angles of the box. And it was pretty cool. I don't remember if you used like the stylus or something or uh, try to move something like with your hand, even touching air or something. I don't remember how you control it, but I do remember that it was a really cool experience and that I actually wish there was like uh, any company like trying to do stuff like that. Uh, like, because the AR cards for the 3DS were. I guess cool and all, but they didn't do much with them. No. And after seeing that, it was like, oh my god, there's so much potential. But like, you can actually like uh, do stuff with this. And that's all it thought that uh, passed through my mind because like um, that is something that I think is like kind of like uncharted territory for most developers. And see, that's why I feel hmm. like it's coming because it reminds me of like. If Nintendo does this shit, it means it's going to hit at some point <laughs> because Nintendo did the Virtual yeah. Boy and it tanked and now look at goddamn virtual reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, they're doing AR, they're experimenting with it and it's just, you know what I mean? So like, again, again, I agree that like, this is so far off. I don't even know what it'll look like. It might not even be called that in the future, but I just think that like, if we can master virtual reality, I just don't see why we can't do this, you know? Um and maybe it'll be more of an experience, experiential thing, but I don't know. I just think it'll be something. I do think control control is going to really be revolutionized. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I could be totally wrong, but I do think, maybe not with augmented reality, but I do think that is something that is going to have a big change eventually, at least. Because when you think about it, it was revolutionized with VR. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think one-to-one -one tracking probably is the way that control is going. I remain incredibly skeptical about it being the AR direction, just because I think what you're talking about, the, the potential, the, the problem is how you fulfill that potential from a gameplay perspective. And I suspect that certainly for a long time to come, that's going to be insurmountable, no matter how good the technology gets, just from a gameplay perspective. But that segues quite nicely into where I sort of took this question, which is, I don't know if they were asking about technological stuff. But obviously, that's where both of you have gone. I'm actually quite excited more on the software side of things. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of been promised from PS3 to 4 and PS4 to 5. But in theory, the more compute power that you're giving these consoles, the graphics can only get so pretty. Mm -hmm. But in terms of AI, in terms of enemy behaviors, in terms of the flexibility that gives you to create things within those worlds that make them feel and act and, and behave more realistically. That I think is the most exciting thing for me. I, to an extent, cyberpunk hammers that home, not in the sense that <laughs> people are not, well, not, not even that because obviously people are complaining about the AI versus GTA five, for example, but that isn't exactly what I mean. Mm -hmm. I sort of mean that cyberpunk in a sense promise to be a step up in AI, in AI, whether that's marketing shortfall or, or whether that's something else. And I think that's where the most exciting things will be. So 
you know, some people were imagining that emergent AI mm-hmm. stories where it hasn't all had to be programmed by a developer. If you choose X dialogue option, then you're going to go down Y path, which cyberpunk for, for all the other things it does change and improve on and everything else. It is still linear in that sense. What I'm excited for is a future where either they can cram a lot more of that into a game of that scope, or even where they can put the initial building blocks in place. And what happens beyond that is completely emergent. Mm-hmm from the ai output based on your input that's where i'm really excited about development i actually don't think control is going to change for a long time i i recognize what you say about the d-pad and the analog stick but i think there's a reason that those controllers haven't changed massively broadly speaking in four or five generations and i think it's because it's something that does about everything that people want it to is relatively intuitive is now standardized. Um, and I think bar little tweaks like adaptive triggers, like the touchpad on the on the PlayStation controllers, uh, like the various forays that Nintendo go into in terms of That's what I'm saying. Like, just like careful, because Nintendo, you just never know what they're going to do. <laughs> That's true. I would I... love for them to, to have a concerted effort of putting the pointer technology from the Wiimote yeah. into a pro style pad mainly mm. because of what i was saying last week about flick stick gyro i would love them to incorporate gyro gyroscopic controls yeah. within that framework in a more meaningful way mm. i think i think that's the next iteration on the current control formula yeah. we've got like it, it makes the most sense there's already Im- implementations of it happening yeah and it sort of ties into vr in a way if they can put one-to-one tracking in with it also Maybe it's even a stepping stone in terms of you need that camera to do it. Maybe that's how they start sort of easing you into the setup. And by you, I mean the layman, not someone who's an enthusiast to the point that they would record yeah. and or listen to a podcast of this nature. <laughs> right. Well, but this is what I mean too, right? It's like, like, like you said, though, I, I don't think they're going to like abandon necessarily these other things, right? It's like, it's about change. Like we're not, even VR, when you think about it, is iterative in, in a lot of ways, but um, it's also revolutionary in others, right? And so I think when you look even at like Oculus's controllers and stuff, it's just such a different control, but it's also coming from, uh, actually, you know, if you want to like, kind of try to figure out where innovations are coming uh look at like military tech and like training consoles and stuff because like that's where a lot of the vr uh history of the future is a really good book by the way that talks about the the rise of, of vr and then the kind of uh how oculus sort of came about which man, that's a that company is anyway whole lot of stuff going on there but um it's fascinating because a lot of their technology, like VR was being used in the military for ages um, and it was just stupid expensive, but they got a lot of their controllers from that and stuff. So sometimes you find innovation in other, uh, other friggin' um, uh, fields, fields yeah. that and, are spending tons of money. Is- like, I feel like some things that have um, being popularized by gaming uh, to some extent may actually be applicable to other places too. Like, we're talking with my sister's partner here that um, he thought that VR, for example, could be, like, used on studies where you need people to do, like, certain tasks mm. uh, related to problem solving. And VR could facilitate that, for example. Because, like, let's say you want to 
to have people navigate in a labyrinth, for example. Mm-hmm. Creating the software for that, it is way deeper than actually building the facility. Damn right. <laughs> so he said like uh, that he saw potential on stuff like that, or even like uh, I was um, watching to get. Game Maker's Toolkit video about accessibility in games in 2020. Mm. And it kind of surprised me that, for example, The Last of Us, as much shit I've given to that game, like in other places, the one thing that I think it gets right is the accessibility options. Oh, yeah. The accessibility, accessibility options in that game are nuts. Yeah, there was even the story of this player that wasn't able to see, but since the game, if you press certain button, the game tells you like, oh, you're crouched at that distance and you can see that, for example. Descriptive. And it was crazy. (laughs) So imagine that um, to implement technology like that for people that cannot see. Yeah, it's crazy to have it done on that level. Obviously, there's people like Special Effect who do bespoke stuff. And, and like you mentioned, Alex, the, the adaptive controller and things. Mm-hmm. But no, the way imagine... it's standardized, it's super interesting. Mm. I mean, it has uh, it can be done in big things. But imagine like someone actually develops like a software or something for people who cannot see. Mm. Um, Ooh, that's like ARB. Um, that's a whole lot. <laughs> That, that would open a whole world of possibilities. I mean, I have seen people with disabilities like getting around just fine, but having that extra help or even like there are things that your own senses can't mm-hmm. tell you if you don't perceive them by other senses. So imagine like um, having something like that or a little help like that. Like It's actually a good point. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just saying, because I, oh, God, no, go ahead, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> I think there is this uh, gentleman that uh, I always see when I go to uni, like, well, up until the pandemic. But every morning he was like with his uh, cane, like walking around, not much problem. But the, from time to time, there was like a moment where someone had to tell them, like, uh, oh, careful, there's something different today. Hmm. You know, oh yeah. So yeah, stuff like that. Nice. Well, I was just gonna like add on to like support bolster your point too. It's like most um, technological innovations, uh, at least a lot of them, um, have been spurned or like or or you know, uh, not spurned, um, promoted uh, by those with um, with disabilities. Like for instance, you know, text to speech started as a way for those um, with reading difficulties, speech to text as those with um, difficulty, actually like mobile difficulties and typing. And typing. Yeah. yeah all, like all this kind of stuff. Um, so many of these software things and hardware things have started in that way. And so like in Rick, you sort of alluded to it too. A lot of these accessibility things might end up bringing really interesting features and soft uh, stuff to us. But one thing too, that I wanted to just brief really quickly mention, because you were talking about the AI thing. And I think that is a really interesting point because we're definitely not there yet. Cause I think we've seen so many games, like even roguelites that try to do this and like, you know, no man's sky originally tried to do this. And like all of those games have had to go in and add like, you know, developer created things to it to make it sort of feel better and then you get a game like Hades which is like a roguelike but the strength of it is the intricately crafted story 
right? And so it's like... So it's like procedural assembly yeah. rather than procedural generation where they've made chunks and then the AI fits it together. And, and this yeah. is where I'm sort of thinking, which is, and you're nodding along, it, that will get closer and closer and eventually become mm-hmm. just the computer sort of puts it all together and in real time on the fly on its own kind of thing. And that's, exactly. that's what I'm hoping for. And, yeah. and also beyond that as well, sort of on a, on a wider thing, um, just briefly, like I'm, I'm quite keen for new innovations in gameplay as well. Like think of Battle Royale. Like obviously that's not a novel concept, but as it <laughs> relates to games up until PUBG, that was absolutely novel. Um, and then Warzone came in with the gulag and buybacks and, and fully changed the game that way. And, and I think when we're talking about innovations, we have to be mindful that an innovation doesn't have to be this multi-billion pound silicon thing that we now have to pay through the nose to put in our home. It can, it can be something simple and code-based that works within existing stuff we already have. And that stuff can sometimes be more powerful because just to tie it back into accessibility, everyone is able to get into it on the ground floor sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing on VR as well, you're talking about applications for that. Did you guys see the Russian cow story a little while back? No. No? Okay. So in, I think it was Russia, it was certainly somewhere in the Eastern Hemisphere, they started fitting cows with VR headsets, put them in a more pleasant environment, and milk production went up. Dear Jesus, I see our future, oh where we are <laughs> VR slaves. The cows don't. They yeah, don't right. The, the matrix. The cows are like, mmm, beautiful pastures. Oh, yeah, we're screwed. We're so screwed. Capitalism is going to take that and just ride oh, it no. to hell. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> like, ready player one shit. Yeah, that is like, that's hell right there. You've, you've described it. Oh, God. Um, well, I think that's a great way to end our discussion on that horribly dark note. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. <laughs> I'm just picturing myself. Yeah, produce for us, produce. <laughs> and you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's some Animal Farm shit there. Uh, <laughs> shall we move on to our favorite game? How long to be? How long to be? Big game. The uh, quicker we move is on, this, the better. Yeah, is this your turn, Paula, to do the little old wheel? Oh, is it? I think so. Oh my god, I am not ready. I, um, I mean, I can set it up. It's fine. I'll just whip it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm all... Um, nah, she got this. We're, we're doing such yeah, good time, timing-wise. And she can just edit this out yeah. if she wants. <laughs> yeah, <she laughs> or leave it in and people can okay, see how the I'm sausage ready. gets made. All right, let's do it. <laughs> what the... <laughs> see how the leather's made. <laughs> ah, there you okay. go. Moo. <laughs> let's randomize this. Um, oh, wait. Um... Oh yeah, hide the stats. What's this? No. Uh, hidden stats. There. Mm. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Okay. The game is Alien Storm from the Genesis. Oh no! (laughs) The Genesis. I haven't got. The first clue. Can you post some like? In fact, I'll just Google it. Yeah, we can. We can Google it. That won't tell us the times. Uh, yeah. Alien Storm. Oh, it was an arcade game too. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is bad. Um, I, oh, a 1990 beat 'em up shooter arcade game by Sega. 
Amazing. Oh, okay. Oh no, the dinosaurs released are on the Wii's Virtual Console in 2007, and and a collection for the 360 and PlayStation. But 1990, ang, oh boy. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I I don't think it, it can't be that long. Um, this is the thing. I'm putting five hours everything because I'm convinced that all the times will be within the first ten hours. And I think I may have found the game breaking bug in our game by doing that. <laughs> if it's if it's like this, yeah. Um I might go Oh, because then it'll be within I kinda exactly. wanna do that too, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this might be the freebie for us this week. Um This might be the freebie for us this week. Because we changed the rules a little bit. Because we have we said now if you guess two times you have three hours instead of two hours because we thought, man, eh, it's a little, a little more friendly. Honestly, Rick, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna do the same thing. I don't know if that's not allowed, but I'm doing five across the board because I also think that this is. I mean, it's a, it's an arcade shoot and beat 'em up. So, like for me, there's just no way that the main campaign takes longer than like an hour. You know what I mean? Like especially from that era, they hardly made anything long enough. Um, and it's a 1991. Yeah. Like I don't know. It was in the arcades. There's just no way it's long. I don't know. What do you think, Paula? Yeah. I'm just gonna do the the times for main and main plus because I'm not confident on one hundred percent or any okay. on anything that is like uh shoot them up or anything like that. <laughs> That's my only worry. To be fair, if there's like multiple characters, one hundred percent could yeah, be so... shafted here, but. Go on. True. I'm going with three hours for main story and six hours for main plus. Oh, no. okay. Five hours for main plus. Okay. Five hours for main plus. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to hit enter. Tell me you're all happy with those times, and then we'll go. I'm ahead. happy. I'm happy. Five across the board. All right, Paula. I think I'm happy. I, Moment I, of truth. Okay, let's see this thing. So, main story, 51 minutes. Okay, nice. Main extras, two hours. Okay. Completion is two and a half hours. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> oh. um, so that you means... You yourself out of two points again, Paula. This is the theme. Yeah. What? <laughs> This is twice it's happened now. Like you've you've net fallen further behind because you didn't want to go all in. <laughs> Should have went all in, girl. I could have, yeah, but I could have. That's all right. We're... I just wanted to be true because I was true. I would have. I would have fucked it up. Yeah, the standings right now is Alex fifteen, Rick fifteen, Paula six. So you're getting there. Um, I, I kind of want to. Not that sort of point. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to play this game now. <laughs> Alien Storm. Oh. I wonder if it's any good. 65% rating. That's not bad. That's not bad. Maybe I'll pop That's this right. bad boy onto my uh, Retroid and see what it's like. Come back and let y'all know. Yeah. <laughs> Now's the time to do it. I might join you. Yeah. Wow. Do Find that. out next week if we actually follow through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody. That's <laughs> been How Long to Be. Happy holidays for whatever you celebrate. Um... And a Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy it as best you can, guys. We'll catch you later. Yeah. Peace. See y'all later. Peace. Lovely jubbly.